0: What's up, guys? Welcome, everybody, to the Jeremy Worden Podcast. I'm here today with my homie, Blake Holden, who's been along for the ride for most, uh, most of the time in my short-term rental journey. Uh, so yeah, I want to introduce Blake, give guys a little bit of background. Blake, tell me about yourself.
1: Yeah, so uh, a little bit of background from uh, North Carolina. I uh, went to school at UNC and have been in the short-term rental industry, I guess, for about two years, give or take. Um, really started actually with uh, with Jeremy um, a couple of years back and, you know, basically wanted to um, find new ways for financial freedom and, you know, sort of ditch my my nine to five job.
0: OK, so so yeah, tell me, where did you where did we meet? Uh, tell us about that orientation freshman year and then what was I doing when you reached out to me?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I met Jeremy, uh, via orientation at, at college. Um, you know, at that stage in our lives, neither of us were, you know, focused on, um, getting, getting into the business world. We were just there to, you know, to have fun. I was hooping. Yeah. Well, Jeremy was hooping. I, I've always been terrible at basketball. So that was never the path for me. Um, but I was, I was studying as much as I could, uh, when I wasn't in some of the parties. But uh, I, you know, towards the end of college, got more serious, got, got a job after graduation, a job I absolutely hated. Um, I still look back at those days as some of the darkest days. But um, one kind of silver lining there was I reconnected with Jeremy. Uh, I saw that he was getting into the, the boat rental business as well as uh, some house rentals. To be honest with you, I really had no idea what short term rental was um at that time. I knew that you could use Airbnb, but I wasn't really sure he he was even doing that. I just saw that he had some pretty cool looking properties and you know, he was the same age as me doing some interesting things. Seems like he was generating wealth outside of a typical, you know, corporate job that me and so many of our friends our age are typically doing. So, you know, that really pushed me to reach out um, look for a mentor. I've always been about that my whole life, always looking, you know, trying to collaborate with people and know that, you know, others can teach me, um, when I don't know how to do something. So I think that's always been like a trait about myself is I'm willing to reach out and learn from others. And in this instance, it's kind of set me on a trajectory, which, um, has allowed me to, Really generate some revenue in my life that I would never would have uh, achieved with my normal corporate job, um, so it's been a really exciting journey and it's been great to to be there with jeremy and, and learn it learn it with you all the way
0: awesome, so when you reached out to me, I mean again we we had a previous relationship, but you just you just hit me up on on Instagram, right did you
1: yeah, so during those days, it was a peak pandemic, so wasn't seen. Anybody really? Um, those were the days when we were stuck inside. And
0: what was that? What was I like mostly doing at that time?
1: Yeah, at that time Jeremy was somehow on a boat every every single day. It seemed like uh, he was in North Carolina, or you know, somewhere and you know by some body of water. I'm not really sure where, but he was um, you know cruising on some pontoon boats, which I had never seen him on boats before. So I was a little bit surprised.
0: Yeah, guys, and for some context, so, so you know, I've, I've at this point uh, diversified my short-term rental business from just boats to predominantly Airbnbs at this point, uh, which we'll dive into in a little bit. But in March of 2020, so at the time, we, Blake and I both graduated college in May of 2019. I moved to, to New York City at about that time. I was working for, um, you know, a startup in New York. And then in March of 2020, COVID hit, and uh, early, pretty early on, my, my salary got cut to $2,500 a month, which, you know, apartments in New York are expensive, everything's expensive, that was not enough to pay for my life. So I had, to, I had to sublet my apartment and move back home, move back in with my parents. And at the time, I was watching, you know, I was pretty, pretty angsty, like I needed something to do uh, I couldn't just sit around all day, and I had no money coming in, which I was very anxious about that. So I needed, I needed a business, I needed something, and uh, I actually started a. I was watching The Ozarks on Netflix. A lot of people watching Netflix. Love at that time. show. Uh, the one show that I was binging was you know Marty Bird and the Ozarks, where if you guys don't know the show, it's where this guy uh, has to move to Missouri, Missouri. Uh, and a lake in the middle of nowhere that's known as Lake of the Ozarks, and essentially start businesses as a means of money laundering for the Mexican drug cartel. Uh, the reason why he has to do that is because of you know his nefarious past and you know some blackmail and all that stuff. But either way, he starts random businesses uh, at a lake in Missouri in order to you know survive. So uh, you know the lake in Missouri and a lake near where I grew up. You know I grew up in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Uh, looked pretty similar. So this lake, uh, Northern North Carolina, about 50 minutes away from where I grew up, uh, from a topography standpoint, looked just like the Ozarks. So when I'm watching this show, I'm like, dang, we got a, we got a lake over here in my backyard. And I kind of want to, you know, I think we can start some businesses there. And I know I'm, I'm pretty confident that a boat rental business would be a lucrative thing. Uh, I mean, I, that's something we've wanted to go there and rent boats, uh, you know, when I was in high school and whatnot, and there, there just weren't really any options. So, yeah, March of 2020 started a boat rental business uh, and really kind of got into short term rentals that way. And that's why that summer I was on the boats a lot because I was running, you know, the day to day operations uh, largely for this boat rental business. So, you know, Blake saw my stories. It was because I was just posting just random stuff driving around on these boats. I didn't know Jack about a pontoon boat. Uh, but then from the boats, people would call in to rent the boats who either were own, owned lake houses on the lake or were buying them. And we would get into conversation about rentals and they would say, hey, are you, do you, are you involved? Do you, do you do house rentals, uh, you know, Airbnbs? At the time, I didn't even know of Airbnb. So it was really just, you know, do you do rentals? And I said, yeah, I can, I can, I can help you with rentals. Uh, so I started renting out other people's properties on their behalf. Uh, and that's really like how I got into and then figured out, oh, you can put it on this website called Airbnb. Oh, that makes it easy. <laughs> like, I don't have to like, you know, send postcards around everywhere. I can just literally just take some pictures and throw it up on this website. Oh, perfect. So that's just, you know, that's just what we did. We we started on Airbnb and, uh, you know, got a couple uh, properties, got a couple listings, you know, would kind of start posting about them too. And uh, yeah, Blake, Blake reached out. Uh, just like what's going on, man. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, uh, I want to. I want to get involved. And um, yeah, I think I think early on, and, and you know, at that point, so, uh, you know, people had started reaching out to me. Uh, but Blake, what really stood away was like he was just, you know, because admittedly, I didn't have everything figured out. Like, if someone was going to say, "Hey, man, I want to get involved. Like, can you tell me what we're going to do? Uh, like, let's let's," I'd be like yeah, I don't know what we're going to do. Let's, let's, we're going to figure that out. But Blake was just, he was down. He was along for the ride. You know, he was, you know, hey, we're going to do something. Let's figure it out. And that's exactly what we did. So, so Blake got involved pretty early on. And yeah, tell, tell us kind of where you are now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So definitely at that time, you know, everything wasn't ironed out. So mistakes were made along the way. Um, but we ended up in the right place and, you know, kind of where I'm at now, you know, I've eight different listings. Uh, so it's pretty exciting to, to see that growth from, from zero to eight in such a short amount of time. Um, and you know, I'm at the, this, the, this point in my life where it's really, I'm making the, the same amount of income that I'm you know, from, from the, from, you know, Airbnbs as I'm making, um, from my corporate job. And you, um, and
0: you got a promotion. So that initial yeah. crappy job you had when you reached out to me, you did, you did get, you did level up in that regard, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm pretty comfortable making, making six figures actually from, from both. Um, so it's, I'm pretty fortunate to, to be in where I'm at now. Um, and you know, for, most of my day, I've got to be, and hopefully nobody's listening from, uh, from my main job, but I spend most of my day actually just working with, uh, you know, with real estate. Um, you know, and that's actually where my heart lies. Um, so it was really cool to jump into this industry, you know, with the, with the mentorship of Jeremy. Um, he's somebody that will kind of, you know, test the boundaries of what, you know, a person can do and can't do. Um, especially at, you know, this age, it's, Really it was wasn't as common I would say um, and you know every every day every month has just been a learning learning experience and you know having the right attitude of being able to say yes um, and yeah I'll try it out you know we'll see what happens um, that's just immensely important I mean wouldn't wouldn't you say the same jeremy
0: yeah, and I would say at this point we do have things ironed out
1: <laughs> yeah
0: uh, so definitely fortunate that yeah I think we have figured it out uh, you know really I, I think kind of got Lucky uh, that stumbled into short-term rentals, not by you know pretty much by to an extent by chance, but also by being opportunistic. And uh, you know at that time, essentially a lot of city short-term rentals, so like uh, you know houses or apartments in New York City. uh, You know the Airbnb market died up. A lot of people didn't want to go to cities; they wanted to go to more rural areas. So so that's how we started. Was you know these rural, uh, largely lake houses initially. So, and then from there, you know, we, we've actually, uh, so again, just for some additional context, like Blake and I are partners on uh, several properties, several of which we have purchased together, and then also several arbitrage properties. And then we also have our own respective uh, listings at this point. So, I mean, I'm doing it full time. You know, I have on my Airbnb account, 22 listings, Uh, you know, Blake, Blake next month will have, you know, you're going to get into the double digits listings uh, in March, so that's that's exciting. But uh, so yeah, we've kind of learned, you know, what we were doing. So again, we started uh this, you know, these rural vacation houses, and then you know, I kind of went, you know, a little bit of tangent, start, started getting a portfolio in Florida, uh, and Blake started building out a portfolio in the Smoky Mountains. And um, uh, and actually his first uh deal in the Smoky Mountains, he uh raised money from myself. So he led the deal. He, he underwrote the property using our methodology. Uh, he was able to present it, you know, all the, all the tailwinds behind it, how that property would outperform everything of that sort. So, and that house, you know, did well to the point where it was like, all right, we should build out this Smoky Mountains operation and actually uh, did another property there as well. And, and Blake, I mean, we've just done so many things like it's hard to like list every house uh, we've done at this point, but uh it's been a fun two years and I've learned a lot. You know, there's there's some houses we've bought, you know, and we've had to raise money for. There's some list there's, you know, a good bit of arbitrage listing. So where we rent and re rent this uh, re rent properties. So uh, I guess what I'm curious about, if you were gonna tell anybody listening, kind of what what are some big takeaways that you've had in the last couple of years uh, going through this this journey?
1: Yeah, I would say it's understanding what your next move is um a lot what i see a lot of people doing um in this space is that you know they'll take a strategy that maybe doesn't fit a growth trajectory what i mean by that is uh they may have enough uh you know powder with meaning enough gunpowder to like um, cash. yeah cash to make a move um to buy a house and for some people you know they can do a couple in a row it starts generate generating income it starts paying itself back um, but if you jump into that you and you don't have a lot of money then you're really stuck in the situation where you can't make uh you can't do another deal. Um and so it's really important to kind of plan out your trajectory of the strategy that you're going to take. Um and for that reason I've kind of learned over time that you know one of the best places to start if you don't have a lot of cash is rental arbitrage. Um uh, rental arbitrage just gives you the ability to generate cash early on, get that uh recurring uh, income each month. As well as kind of learn the ropes. Uh, Why
0: why does rental arbitrage take less cash than buying a house?
1: Rental arbitrage is, you know, the system where you basically rent a property from somebody else um, and then you list that property on Airbnb. Um, So it's a kind of form of, you know, uh, subleasing, um, and where you're providing value is typically that, uh, the, the landlord is looking for a tenant that's going to stay, keep good care of their house, keep it well maintained, as well as have, you know, a monthly, you know, somebody that's staying for a year or so at a time. Um, and for you, you're providing a very high quality home that's going to be cleaned regularly. And then what you do is you rent that out on, you know, some of the short term rental sites like Airbnb and VRBO, um, and with that property, you're going to generate a lot more as a short-term rental versus what your monthly rent is going to be. Um, you're additionally not going to have to worry about taking care of the house from a maintenance perspective, and maybe they'll throw in some other things uh, from the landlord where you, they'll be paying on your behalf. Um, so the interesting part there is you're not putting down a down payment. Um, all you're doing is just taking the income, paying your rent, and then uh, and then you're just taking the profit, the difference there. So it's a really good place to start if you don't have a lot of money. Yeah, and
0: I like what Blake said where, you know, it's kind of mapping out, you know, it's I think a lot of people stumble on like, oh, I need to, you know, I need to pick one strategy and stick to it forever. Which, I mean, at this point, like I mean, I'm going to speak, you know, for for myself, but I do pretty much every Airbnb strategy and I do boat rentals, which I wouldn't call boat rentals an Airbnb strategy given, you know, boats are Separate. Uh, we have our own website for that. We don't. We don't use any peer-to-peer website. But you know, I, I, I started with arbitrage and co-hosting, which is you know leveraging somebody else's property, and was kind of like, hey, I want to. I think these are going up. I think these are only going to go up in value. I want to own real estate. Like that's kind of always been my dream. Has been to own these houses, not just to you know to rent them. Like obviously, the cash is awesome. Like I love that, and that is going to enable me to buy these things over time. Like, you know, the cash has to come from somewhere. I'm not getting it from my job. So, you know, I needed to leverage other people's property, but ultimately it was the goal to buy the real estate. And that being said, you know, you don't have to, you know, it's a journey, you know, like even in the last, you know, again, March, March of 2020. So it's not even three years. Uh, we have we have went through a whole life cycle of different things. I mean, even to the point, I mean, I have a camper. I also put on Airbnb, and I'd call that glamping. Again, I'd, I'd have that as its own vertical. But really, have done a lot of shit in what honestly is a short period of time. I mean, have built, you know, literally from zero dollars to you know seven figure business with no like day one plan of hey, we're gonna do only this one strategy and grow it until we get this many units. Literally, it was just, just very organic. And again, that, that kind of And I think largely, you know, three years ago, there wasn't the same like people on social media sharing their journeys like there are now uh, to learn from. Uh, Like, honestly, it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, I'm kind of a pioneer in this space, given it's such a new space and it's so exciting. But just, you know, talk about Blake's point is, you know, you don't gotta, you know, you don't, you don't have to have the whole book written before you've turned the first page. Sorry. I don't know if that's a, No, that
1: makes sense. That makes sense. I think um, you know it'd be kind of cool to just kind of hear about the different properties that you have. I mean, you mentioned your Glamping property, uh, which I thought was that was taking a that was taking a shot because you didn't have a lot of data, if I remember correctly. And maybe yeah, (laughs) maybe you can talk a little bit about that. I mean, there's been a couple of, of moonshot one moonshot deals that you've done. Um, that didn't necessarily have the data, but it's turned out really well because you were able to identify some market trends. You know, I'd love to hear like kind of the several different types of properties and kind of tactics you took.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll even start again. I'll start I'll start from the beginning. Bow rentals. Again, there was no business to say, oh, there's a business here, it's doing really well. I you know, if I start a bow rental business, you know, it's gonna be a little bit of competition, but uh, you know, it should do well too. No, there there wasn't any of that. What I had was Google search trends. So what I could do is I could go and see how many people were looking up something on Google. Uh, Google Keyword Planner is the tool for that. So I saw, wow, it looks like a lot of people are looking up boat rentals. Uh, and you know, in addition to the search trends, I mean, it just makes sense. I mean, people are stuck in their houses right now. Like they want to get the hell out of their houses. And what is a safe, socially distant thing to do? Go rent a pontoon boat. You know, you can have your grandma sitting in one quarter. You could have your kids sitting on the other end, and you know, as long as you're going fast enough, it's pushing the air around. So I kind of just had that I just thought, you know, it was kind of like, all right, I have a little bit of data to suggest that this is a good idea. But I also just have like, you know, a hypothesis that this is like a COVID friendly thing. And that definitely turned true. That first summer, it was fucking ridiculous. Like, uh the first boat we bought, fifty six, you know, I bought about fifty six hundred dollars. We call her the party barge, uh, because I mean she's just a big big bertha. Like she ain't moving very fast, but-
1: But she's a good time. She's a saying. good
0: time and people would pay, literally could name the price. Uh, you know, what were my, you
1: charging on some of those days? Like, I'm just curious.
0: I think on July, I mean, I just remember early on, like March, um, you know, started the boat rental business in March, you know, put, went up on Google, had our phone number listed there. Uh, got a call from somebody who wanted to rent on July 4th. The and biggest uh, day,
1: the big kahuna.
0: Yeah, exactly. And like, we don't even think we had our prices listings at the time, we had like a phone number and we had like a, you know, reach out to us if you want to run about, it wasn't, eventually we built some pretty cool software and you know, software development has also been something a part of my journey and we can get into that later. Uh, you know, I, I studied some computer science at school. I have friends who are, you know, really good in the tech space and i partnered with them to build out a variety of different things. Uh, but literally back then it was talking to me on the phone talking pontoons, which I didn't know anything. So someone calls uh, and they say, hey, how much for a boat for July 4th? And they sound young, they sound young to me. Like I'm like, I feel like this person is you know, probably my age, if not younger, which at the time I was 23. So I just picked what I thought was a ridiculously high dollar amount for July 4th, uh, which again, this is a boat we bought for $5,600. So I said 750 bucks. You know, to me, that was like an unconceivable amount of money. And again, the person seemed young, so I didn't want them to rent the boat. Like I didn't didn't want to, I was worried about renting to them. And they go, okay, cool, where do I send the money? And I'm like, oh, wait, hold up. Uh, Do you have your boaters license? No. "Uh, You know, okay, well then you can't rent. Well, how do I get my boaters license? "Uh, I guess, I mean, you go to this website, but I'm not gonna hold the boat that long. I'm not gonna hold it for, you know, all this time. You have to, you know, you have to be, have it by tomorrow. Okay, I'll have it by tomorrow. And the guys, this this like boat course takes, you know, probably like ten hours to do. I like it's no
1: way. So he went through a whole boat course just so he could rent it for July fourth. Yeah, and like- and
0: I, I don't even think he had like lodging set up. And this dude, this kid was from New Jersey. His name was Kush. And I can get in the story, he ended up Kush and his group ended up getting taken away in handcuffs. No uh, way. July 4th. Kush was actually very respectful, but uh people in his group were, you know, had drank and and were a little bit more belligerent. And you know, that experience actually kind of shaped our age policy. You know, that was like, all right, we're not, not renting to to people this young anymore. You have to. How old
1: was he? Was he 23?
0: I think he was, I think he was 19. (laughs) No way. So, I
1: mean, you took a little bit of a risk there, but you, you were doing it for the deal, right? Yeah. I was just like 750. 750.
0: Like, I mean, what can they do? What can they, I mean, what can they, how can they mess up that bad again? The pontoon boats, like they're not speed demons, especially this one. Like what, you know, as long as they know how to drive and they're legal, you mm-hmm. know, I, I don't know, but yeah, it, I digress from that. But but that being said, I remember what was this, What was the initial? No, there? I was
1: wondering, like uh, you said that he got taken away in handcuffs. I mean, can you talk a little bit more about like how that maybe happened or like you know the process for you know renting the the boat out, you know, to to people?
0: Yeah, so Cush, our nineteen-year-old boat renter, literally got taken. Uh, you know, I got a call. From from our crew, and keep in mind this was July fourth, and I was I was at the lake. But admittedly, I kind of took the day—I want to say I took the day off—but I was definitely enjoying uh, July fourth to an extent. And I, I, you know, I was I was I was feeling myself, and I get a call and say, "You gotta, you gotta get here now!" You know, couch couches and handcuffs. And I said, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it turns out that, you know, they had been drinking. They got stuck in the mud, which stuck in the mud. So this lake has like, you know, kind of silt at the bottom, like a really soft ground, not rocks, but just really kind of mud, just to be frank. And, uh, yeah, the the prop of the boat got stuck in the mud and the boat couldn't move. And the, the Lake Authority, kind of the local police force, went out to pick them up and they were, you know, talking back you know, not being very respectful to the local authority. So what did they do? They, you know, took them, they took them, put them, you know, handcuffs on and, and took them away. Uh, granted, you know, the boat, you had some, probably had like a couple hundred dollars worth of damage, you know, a new prop uh, was it. And, uh, you know, and so we moved on and it was a learning experience. But that being said, yeah, it was just, I had conviction that a boat rental business would would have demand. And that first summer was, was blown away.
1: Really? Um, what, what do you think that one boat did that first summer? Like, did it pay for itself?
0: Yeah. I mean, literally, so the first renter we got in March. And the first renter was someone staying at a lake house for, for two weeks. And I think they paid 2000 I did $1,000 a week. So they paid $2,000 for that first two weeks. And I was like, holy crap. Someone just paid $2,000 for a 5,600 buck.
1: That's insane.
0: On boat, And that was like, I got to get more of these things. And bought one, bought the second boat zero percent down uh, from a dealership uh, using you know dealership financing,
1: like a car dealership, like yeah. it's just like that.
0: You can you can do zero percent down. Uh, you can only do it for one boat. Trust me, I tried to do it for more. Uh, they only let you do it for one, and it was a pretty high interest rate and a pretty high monthly payment. But I was like, I'm gonna pay this thing back in no time. I mean, it was you know maybe thirty five thousand dollar boat, so. I mean, that's, you know, $400 a day, What you know, say we're renting for 400 bucks a day, that's, that's a hundred days, which literally at that time, it was like, someone wants to rent a boat every day. Times have changed. I'm going to admit that was like the glory days for a boat rental business. We are no longer in those glory days. I obviously, you know, first of all, every boat rental business is not, no matter where you are, is not, you know, everybody knows in the boat rental industry that, That year and and the next one, 2020 and 2021, but honestly, mostly 2020 was a ridiculous time. Uh, Just insanity, like nonstop phone calls. People would pay whatever to go out there on the water. Times have changed. Wait, Um,
1: were you, and I think you've told me before that were you the only boat rental company on the lake? Like you had also identified that?
0: At that time, yes. Uh, Unfortunately, I guess. I don't know if my mouth is too big or other people had similar ideas, but now there's like four or there's several mm-hmm. there's several competitors and things aren't you know it's not like it was and you know but at that point you know back in the day that was my biggest business that's now my fourth biggest business you yeah. know so to keep in mind that was like where I started and I needed that that was like my launch pad that was my cash cash cow now it's literally. You know, it's, it's still important to me. It's still meaningful. But honestly, at this point, it's really just a complementary business to the eight lake houses we have on that lake.
1: Wow. That's so, a lot of lake houses.
0: Yeah. Granted, we own four of them. And mm. then we leverage other people's for the other four. But yeah, we, we have eight lake houses at that lake. And honestly, the boats, what they're good at is like, you know, our guests staying at our lake houses, want a boat, we can do that. You know, we can hook them up. Mm-hmm. So in that and that's kind of our moat. You know, the other boat rental businesses aren't as deep with the lake like the Airbnb's as we are, given, you know, we have eight of them there. Mm-hmm. So really at this point it's a complementary business to uh the lake house portfolio.
1: Yeah. So it seems like kind of your strategy there for generating cash flow was, you know, at that time it was the boat rentals. But um, you know, for for now, you know, these days, at least what I've been seeing is the, the way for people to really generate that same type of cash flow, um, is via doing, you know, rental arbitrage or some other low cost, you know, initial, you know, breakthrough, um, opportunity like rental arbitrage. Would you say that's.
0: Yeah. And I, and I would say in hindsight, like one of my biggest regrets is not being more bullish on and going harder at rental arbitrage earlier. <laughs> Obviously, initially, for me, the cash the cash generator was boat rentals, mm-hmm. um, and then from there, it kind of transitioned into airbnbs and you know, obviously that was me and my specific walk, but you know in hindsight, uh, at that time, it was just it was a really good time to start an airbnb business, airbnb arbitrage business so but yeah, I would say nowadays the parallel will definitely be rental arbitrage I mean just the amount of money you can get into one of these properties and how much they can generate on a monthly basis, is pretty crazy. Like if you're trying to, I mean, just like kind of give an example. At that time, my, pay, my paycheck was cut to 2,500 bucks a month. And that was even before taxes because uh, I got paid as whatever, a contractor. One of my first arbitrage properties, uh, cash flowed, cash and to this day, still cash flows, Almost $3,000 a month. So, one property that I don't own where I literally put the entirety of the initial investment on a zero APR, 0% APR credit card. So, what that means is the credit card did not accrue interest uh, and it was a 12 month non accrual period. So, buy the furniture, put on a credit card, didn't have to pay off the furniture for an entire year. That, that first property, again, that, that first arbitrage property makes more money than my job did at that time. So, you know, a lot of folk out there are kind of were kind of, you know, kinda like me. Uh, I would say, I mean, I was probably earning less than pretty much everybody. Even if you know I was on unemployment, I would have probably made more money than than I did with with that job. But uh, you know, a lot of folk come out of college, they're making you know 50, 60 K a year after taxes, what is your paycheck? Like 3,300, 3,500 bucks a month?
1: Oh yeah. It's nowhere near it. I mean, I can speak to that. Like I, uh, I was kind of behind as well. Cause you know, I spent my first year out of college teaching high school, um, abroad in Spain. And then I came back, I got a job and I was making, I think 55,000 a year. Um, but I mean, I was hurting in the pockets after taxes. Um, and just having one rental arbitrage unit, like I, you know, I have multiple now, but if I just had one, then I—I uh, I mean, I would have just dove headfirst in. Um, you know, I, I th- looking back, I mean, it was—I I just wish I had committed more to that at the time, um, just because the opportunity there is there's just so much.
0: Yeah, and a lot of what we did at that time, which I mean, I don't think this, in hindsight, was also a good move. But uh, we we like the idea of, of buying. Uh, you know, we wanted as many properties to own as, you know, to arbitrage. So it was like, and we had to, you know, me and you did not have, I mean, I had put pretty much everything I had into boat rental, a boat rental business. And, um, oh, did it, did it cash out again? Yeah, it
1: looks like it cashed out.
0: Well, guys, I hope everybody enjoyed <laughs> the podcast. What we can do is we can stay on. We're going we're gonna to keep going and we're going to keep the audio rolling here. Okay. Uh, Blake, and what I can do, bump, we're going to stay locked and loaded. But I'm going to switch my...
1: Turn my camera off.
0: You can keep your camera on. Okay. Technical, difficult. All right, everybody. Well, I have a camera. I have a Sony A7. And it is uh, it turned off. But if you're listening to this, because we are having this on, this is going to be on... Where is this being recorded? Spotify. Oh, okay. As well as, well as YouTube. So for those folk listening on Spotify, I actually have a few from the first podcast. I did a few followers. So thankful to you guys. Love you guys. You guys are, this is going to be something big and know that you are here from the beginning.
1: This is definitely the beginning. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous, so <laughs> I, <laughs> it's been pretty easy to do it, but, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely, uh, um, you know, fish out of, out of water. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking with you today, but, um, yeah. So you, you jumped into, you know, rental arbitrage. Um, then you had some kind of buying experiences, um, that's kind of helps you build out the portfolio. Um, you know, you've done a couple of unique, unique properties. I'd love to kind of hear more about those unique properties. I mean, I know, uh, your Airstream is one you hold close to your heart.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to, I'll give you a little context on that. So. One of the properties that I initially co-hosted uh, was so essentially my one of my friends has a family member with a, a state in Western NC that is insane. Like it is it is unlike anything, you know, I've seen in the world. Um and at that time, you know, we couldn't really go out and see the world very much given, you know, lockdowns and travel bans and all that. So when I went, so I, I you know I I got connected with uh, the owner of this estate, which is a lakefront estate in Western North Carolina, and I can, I can share my screen actually. Would that be something here for those of y'all watching on YouTube? But uh, I got connected, and I was just like, "Holy shit. This is nuts. Uh, this property is absolutely insane. I, I need to be involved with this." And he told me, he was like, "Look, you know, I don't really need the money the money is not important for me. What, what is, is, you know, keeping this in my family for generations. I want this property to be something that, you know, all the, you know, his last name's Rudman, but all, you know, all the Rudmans for the next hundred years can enjoy. And as it stands, it is not making money. It is losing a lot of money. It's a very expensive place to own.
1: Yeah. $2,000 a night. I mean, that's, uh, that's, I mean, it's that's ridiculous. not a cheap one, but look at that! It's, look at that land! It, it is nuts. It's like Tuscany.
0: It is. It is a lakefront estate with about almost a mile of shoreline, as well as its 80 acres with its own waterfalls, hiking trails, and a private island. So it is. It's nuts, but it's only a three bedroom house. So that's uh,
1: crazy. Only three bedrooms. I mean, I would. I'd want to get a six bedroom at least. It's at a least.
0: massive house too. It just only has three bedrooms. It just has a lot of common areas and not a lot of bedrooms. But what I told him was I was like, look, you have all this land. You need to monetize the land. You know, you need to, I mean, this is 80 acres and a private island. You could have structures, houses like everywhere. I mean, for those of you guys looking at this, I mean, there is just, it's called Bear Lake Heaven, by the way, and you can go to the website and, and, and learn more about it. But I was like, you could just be parking. You could do tree houses, tiny homes. Like you could be throwing all and, and, and leaning into the glamping, what's, what's called glamping. So, and, and he was like, yeah, you know, I'm open to it. Uh, Let's, you know, why, but why, why should I go with you on this? Have you ever done any glamping before? And I was like, uh, no, but, you know, in a month I will. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to do one. (laughs) I'm going to do a glamping experience. So I was just set on, I need to figure out a way to do glamping. And I was literally, you know, it was, it was just kind of something in my mind. and. One day, I, you know, I, I came back from, from visiting his property, and um, you know, I was, I was at, again, I was back at my parents' house. My parents live uh, outside of Chapel Hill, North Carolina on a pond, uh, kind of a rural, rural area. They have their own pond. And I was walking in the backyard. And so for those of you guys watching here now, you see the gravel driveway. I was kind of in this area. There was no driveway at the time. It was all bushes and trees. And I said, hey, I think I think we could do something here. Um, as for what, I don't know. I'll figure that out now. So started going up online and actually saw I was watching Rob Built, and uh, you know he 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 started with a lot of glamping. For those of you know, Rob Built, he's a big you know Airbnb social media person, uh, especially on YouTube, and he does a lot of videos on glamping and specifically uh, a lot of them on Airstream campers and you know how people really like to stay in these vintage. Uh, relics of the of the you know of the old vintage American days. So I said, "All right, I'm gonna do an Airstream camper." And what I did was found an Airstream camper online that was pretty cheap. That needed a lot of work, and had a friend. Uh, shout out to Drew, Drew Peterson, uh, a college friend, helped me fix it up, uh, trip it, trick it out, and we got her looking all nice. If you're looking here. Show you the interior, but looks pretty modern. Looks pretty nice, and put it up on Airbnb. And uh, this this camper has been doing pretty well. So I was able to go back to the homeowner of that estate and say, "I know how to do this." <laughs> and you know what he actually did? He texted me this last week. What did he do? He has now. Well, he bought it. He he put it in order uh, probably a year ago when I you know when I was doing this, and it just got delivered. He has a. He actually, I don't want to call it a tiny home because it's a three bedroom tiny home.
1: Oh my God.
0: But he has a tiny mansion on wheels that he now has on the property.
1: Can it, is it like, is it still a trailer?
0: It is. It's a, but it's a big trailer.
1: Three, 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 three rooms. That's crazy. I know. I,
0: I, it's kind of like, you know, tiny is better in many ways, but you know, he was like, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going bigger. I'm going home. Yeah. So I said, all right, well, I'm not going to hold you back. And I think this house needs six bedrooms, you know, to, to really be an appealing you know, place for people to come, uh, you know, two or three families together. Six bedrooms is, is where that's, you know, where you can have all these, all these different families and kids and everything. So, uh, yeah, he, he went for it and he just uh, texted me and that it's, that it's here. And uh, yeah, we're going to, so we need to, we updated the listing.
1: Do you have pictures for it? Like, uh, like, is he, is it up? Is it operational or? Is
0: it, it is. Yeah, actually it sh it should be.
1: I'd love to see uh pictures.
0: It's not so on the listing easily. yet. Again, this is very recent, but the listing has six bedrooms in it. Cause it's now a six bedroom home. It's no longer three bedrooms, but uh, yeah, he texted me pictures. So I'd have to, I'd have to find the text.
1: I wonder how well the house is going to do, you know, I mean, it sounds like he went, and did like the luxury option when it comes to, you know, uh, like the Airstream glamping experience. Um, but because it's detached, um, I do know that like people, you know, the more bedrooms the better, right? I mean, that is usually the hypothesis.
0: Yeah, exactly, and actually, I just got the, the photos up here. So let me, let me pull these up. I'll show you guys his, little, his tiny house, uh, quote unquote, tiny house.
1: Yeah, the, the tiny mansion. No it's way. funny because uh, your airstream is only one. It's only one room, like like most of the. Uh,
0: it's, uh, it's got a.
1: It's got a, additional beds in the airstream. It's got a living space with a kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And well, yeah. That's the bedroom wise.
0: Yeah, it has one. Well, yeah, it has one bedroom. So, yeah. yeah he's, but yeah.
1: that's normal. That's normal. I, I'd say three is. Uh, three are really pushing. Yeah. What is normal?
0: But here's. Uh, let's open these photos.
1: Okay, so this is it. Wow. Let's get these. Yeah, bigger. make those big.
0: How's the biggest I can do? But uh,
1: maybe you can zoom in
0: because
1: um, it's looking kind of small on ours.
0: Yeah, I can I can see it though. But can can you see it?
1: No, I don't mind.
0: All right, we're gonna get this mas grande. Uh, it's also I mean oh there we go. Photos, but yeah. So that's the loft. So it has a has a loft. So I'm calling one of the bedrooms a loft. Yeah. Uh, but this is another one.
1: Oh, wow. Tons of windows.
0: Yeah. So big windows.
1: You know, that, that's the trademark. Uh, the old houses always have the smallest windows, but the new ones, you know, they've got these really big, tall windows and people love that.
0: All about the lighting. Yeah. But you can see it's... Legit. Even the
1: bathroom looks nice. Wow.
0: It's legit. Uh, it's big and it matches the, the, his home. Like the aesthetic is, is the yeah.
1: same. How many of these legit. is he going to do? You think
0: so? He's just doing one for now, and okay. I mean, we'll see if it if it picks up traction, and you know, he'll do more. But uh, yeah, one one day at a time. <laughs>
1: As I say, Rome wasn't built in a day. I mean, it sounds like uh, I mean, at least from the pictures, it does look. It's got that like kind of Italian, like Tuscany, yeah. kind of uh, vibe well, that, to it.
0: That's uh, what the design was was based off. Oh, okay, uh, what's that? What's that? Le- Como Lake, Lake Como. Como.
1: Yeah. yeah, I know the lake. Of course, I've been I've been there.
0: But uh, I mean, his how it is it is remarkable. I mean, guys, Bear Lake Heaven. It is. In, I mean, there's nothing like it in the United States. You have to go to Lake Como, Italy, to mm-hmm. find anything remotely uh, remotely close. But yeah, that's that's kind of how I got into the glamping. It was really just a test, and it would be really cool one day to take that property and turn it into like a premier glamping resort. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's you know people come to from all around the world.
1: Yeah. It sounds like, uh, like everything is there to make that experience possible. Um, just given the the beauty and kind of size of that place.
0: Yeah, and we didn't even get into the island. That's not even on the Airbnb listing. But he has a, I mean there's an island there too. What? With an what access- do you mean
1: an island? Like it's,
0: it's well, technically it's, it has an access road. Okay. But uh, it's like another two point six acres. So if, you know, oh, we could big. we could put a few of those on mm-hmm. there. I mean, the thing is, if you did anything permanent, like you know, there's definitely a lot of zoning stuff you got to go for, but that's what I like about the airstreams. You can just drive them over. If you don't like them, just move them.
1: Did you, did you get any, did you have to do any permitting for the airstream? Uh,
0: conversation I mean, for another day. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, 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 it's a, it's a camper. Like, can you have a camper in your driveway?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, so
0: yeah, it's just a camper. That's mm-hmm. all it is. What you don't, it's not a permanent structure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's how we got it there, and. Really, yeah, the last few years have just been going in, trying things out, seeing what works, and have learned so much, and have really, you know, built out a pretty unique uh, business. And then in the last year, have shifted a lot of attention. And uh, I would say in May of last year, so bought a house, bought our second Florida property in March, and then we bought our we had bought our second. Uh, and Blake has other ones that I'm not involved with, but bought our second Smoky Mountain property in February. So had literally bought, you know, four houses in four months pretty much. And mm-hmm. it was a fucking grind getting them up and running. Mm-hmm. Like each one, you know, these were dilapidated properties that needed some love. And w- we gave that love. Uh, however, it was a grind. And back in May, so this was May of last year, I was like, all right, we've been grinding. I want to get this business. Like we worked really hard to get everything up and running up and running like we have a great portfolio of properties we own, we have a great portfolio of properties that we manage, we have a great portfolio of arbitrage properties. I want to get everything completely automated cuz I want to do some other things, you know. Mm-hmm. This this has been cool the last 2 years during COVID, like going, you know, place to place. Again, again, started at the lake, but then, you know, went to Florida, did the Smoky Mountains, you know, but at this point, COVID's kind of coming to an end. I don't know if that lifestyle is the lifestyle I want to be living at the moment. So let's get everything automated and then let's figure out what's next for our journey.
1: Yeah. And so what was like kind of some of the things that you thought, you know, all right for this, I'm probably spending too much time. I think I can automate it. You know, where kind of, where did you start off in that process?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the first, first thing was definitely everything digital, you know, getting a message from a guest, uh, dealing with the calendars, ordering supplies, anything that I did on my phone or computer, was something I knew that I mean, so we obviously already had cleaners, local cleaners, we weren't doing the cleaning. Uh, you know, the first guest I ever had on a uh, first house rental, I literally handed the first guest the key. Again, and that really just shows where you know, where I started from, literally handed the first guest a key. So but at that point, yeah, we, we had electric locks, we had local cleaners, but we were, you know, was doing all you know, the digital communication myself. So that was the first natural thing to outsource and we hired virtual assistants and they helped with that. And now, you know, virtual assistants don't only do our guest communication and ordering supplies and all that, but they even, they do my bookkeeping. They've even started doing project management for my social media.
1: Yeah. So even do some, doing some calling, right? You know, reaching out to
0: landlords too. Yeah. Yeah, So really anything that you can do on your phone that, or, you know, computer, that was something wanted to outsource first. And did that because I wanted to start. So during COVID, I was like really firm believer of everybody's doing crypto. Everybody's doing, you know, digital crap. I mean, again, I studied computer science in school. Like I'm familiar with digital stuff. I I get how crypto works, I guess. I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm an expert, but like, I I feel like I understand things. And like, if everybody's just paying attention to crypto and everybody's just, you know, thinking about NFTs and things that aren't physical and tangible, what am I going to do? I'm going to go and do the most physical, tangible things you could possibly do. Because if all all the talent of our generation is focusing on the ether, I'm going to focus on the earth. Damn, that was pretty good.
1: (laughs) You know, and so like recently in the past, what, like couple of weeks and months, you know, it's kind of been, you've been proven right. I mean, because there's been so many pump and dump schemes. I mean- you know, we've even seen people we know like be a part of, you know, some of the like, you know, the, the, the bad parts of like the calamities, you know, they're losing a lot of money in the NFTs, you know, all the money they po- thought they had, it suddenly disappeared. Um, and you know, at the same time, it seems like, you know, more and more of, you know, our, you know, generation doesn't seem to be able to work with those physical things. Definitely not in you know, the same level that, you know, you're at.
0: Yeah. So. I mean, I just remember uh, I got a call from a, another college buddy from back in uh, you know back during COVID, back during the crypto bull run, and they're like, "Yo, JMO." So people call me call me JMO. That's that's like I call name. I call you JMO as yeah. well. So it's, it's my nickname. Uh, but they're like, "Yo, JMO, uh, bro, I've kind of got you know I see what you're doing. Like, I kind of kind of have a lot of money to invest in. You know, I want to buy a house." And I'm like, well, have you looked into getting a loan or anything of that sort? And like, nah, I would, I would do it in cash. I'd be like, how much, how much cash do you have? Oh, I have about 900,000. Like, what the hell? Like, how did you get 900,000? Bro, I put like 200 bucks in Doba Shiba Inu or whatever. Yeah, I know who
1: you're talking about. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was like, what? Like, yeah, dude, and turn it into 900,000. And I'm literally here grinding on, you know, pontoon boat rentals, like extremely, like sweating, like literally, I, I mean, I, there, there were days I, I ran the boats off the road. Like I was just, you know, I, I'm not going to act like I'm the best driver with a trailer on and literally would have the boat stuck off of the road uh, and have to figure out how to get it back on the road. And just those days, it was freaking 100 degrees. I'm sweating my, bo- sweating bricks, and, and you're about to tell me that you just made a million dollars, literally just clicking two buttons and putting 200 bucks.
1: (laughs) Not a, not a drop of sweat was, uh, was made in that process. Definitely
0: made me question myself at the time, but you know, I was just really strong conviction of like, if all the talent of our generation is focused on, you know, the cloud and, you know, their heads are in the clouds and and they're not doing tangible things. I want to do real tangible things. And that's, that's what we did do. And then again, this last year, it was like, all right, been grinding on these things. I've been building out all these, you know, all this portfolio. Have so many listings. Want to automate things because I want to free up my time. And that's actually kind of where I then transitioned back—not back because back, I wasn't there to begin with—but uh, started building digital products mm-hmm. back. So May automated Airbnb business. July uh, part, part, partnered with one of our friends from college and built out software, BNB Calc, that uh, you know a lot, of, like thousands of people use to run the numbers on Airbnb deals and determine what is a profitable investment. So built out that digital product, uh, launched out about five months ago. And then we've been working together on BNB Pro, where we work with a select and elite group of mentees, where we help them get you know, where we are a lot quicker than how we got there.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's funny, you know, we were, I was looking, you know, just the other day and I saw that so many different people have started using that digital product, BNB Calc. Um, It's been really cool, you know, to, to watch that growth there. Um, It seems like, you know, really, you know, popular tool. I know I use it every day. Um, but it's really cool to see others in like the industry and in short-term rentals that have, you know, you know, large portfolios and people just starting out, like starting to use it.
0: Yeah. It's been, it's been cool to see. Um, uh, and like people I look up to and admire in the industry, you know, seeing that they have an account and and they use it. I'm just like, damn, this is really, I mean, you know, as a full-time Airbnb investor, whether it be buying or doing arbitrage, like I run the numbers on a crap load of properties. And the, the old way was spreadsheets. Just took way too freaking long.
1: Yeah, it w- it took too long. Or I felt like people would just go. They wouldn't, you know, they would only look at the revenue, potential revenue, and they wouldn't, you know, they have to make calculate it in their head, just make guesstimates on the rest, unless they put it in and dialed into the numbers and did the, did their due diligence with the cal- yeah, yeah, just, just a terrible.
0: Shitty, I mean, doing that on Excel spreadsheet. I mean, think about you doing that on your phone. Like, Oh, I'm at, you know, it's just, it's, it was an unpleasant process that that mm-hmm. we did for, you know, me and you did for a couple of years. Yeah. So we made that process more fun <laughs> and just a lot quicker. And again, it was just like, Hey, I know this, I know I will use this tool. Like it's something that, that would help me given I run the numbers on so many properties and like, I think it'll help other people. But now seeing that so many people use it and also again, people that, you know, Industry leaders, like people who are you know the most respected people in the space, are using it actively too. Like shows, all right, I wasn't the only one with a problem. Like there, everybody had the same problem.
1: Yeah, and yeah, we, everyone definitely did have that same problem. But uh, that's quickly uh, going away. I mean, you can run a thousand properties a day if you want, and it's kind of funny. Like you, you and so <laughs> Yeah.
0: Well, I don't know, man. Hundreds. What, a day. what do you how
1: many how many do you think is the most somebody's running a day? Like, I mean, I know you have like some stats, but you don't. Yeah, you know, I
0: know you don't. You like, could run thousands in a yeah. day if you wanted to. Yeah, definitely could. Uh, but yeah, hundreds a day. I we've seen.
1: Yeah, that's that's insane. That's a, that's a lot of properties.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it's been cool to see everybody use, and then you know it's cool. It's been cool to go a step deeper because obviously I can. You know, that's a something can, somebody can just do on their phone. You know, they don't have to talk to me uh, you know, to do it. They can do it on their own. But really what we've been doing with BMB Pro, which is, you know, going a, a lot deeper with a lesser amount of folk, has been a cool and rewarding process as well. And I'm I've been glad you've been along for that that part of the ride too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love uh helping out people. I mean, I it kind of takes me back to my roots of when I first started, which was uh I used to be a teacher. Um, funny enough. And you know, I've been tutoring people, like I would say you know, past like 10 years, um, in different things, different subjects. Um, and it's been cool to be able to help people in a new way, which is really just like get their business off the ground or, or expand it, you know, grow it. Um, because sometimes people get stuck, right? Maybe they don't have the motivation, maybe they don't have the tools, maybe they don't know how to approach certain problems or objections or ways of thinking. Um, but getting people over those, over those, those hurdles is, you know, really helpful. Um, and I know, I needed it when I first started. That's the primary reason I reached out to you.
0: Yeah, so I'm glad you were. Kind of. Uh, I'm sorry that you were the dummy. Yeah, the test, the test dummy.
1: Yeah, I, I was. I was. It's. It was. Uh, it's not as good as it is now, is it?
0: Yeah. Well, actually you, and then uh, Andy was like literally my oldest childhood yeah. friend. Literally was making 15 bucks an hour, mm-hmm. no cap, as a medical scribe at that time, and uh, he was like, bro. I need, I need to get need me another, out of this. Yeah. I need another option. And and now he's full-time with real estate. You know, he has, you know, six figure portfolio. Uh, he's bought a property and he's, you know, he's, he's chilling. He's he has a really good life.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Andy Galefsi. AO hey, hey, super swag. Yeah. If you need, if you need to buy some real estate in Wilmington, North Carolina, he's, he's the guy to go to. Yeah. He
0: also got his license, you know, during this, during this process. Uh, so he could, uh, so he could help you out. So, yeah, so that's, it's been a cool ride, man. It's been great to obviously see my friends succeeding. It's been great to, you know, now expand beyond friends to whoever, you know, we can help. So excited for the future uh, to keep, keep growing, we keep doing cool projects and, you know, excited to see what people we work with are able to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, they are, they're doing a lot already. So, you know, the sky's the limit.
0: Exactly, but yeah, so any, any last minute takeaways, my girlfriend is texting me that she wants to go to bed. It's getting kind of late here, but um, any, anything you want to leave, Blake, thank you so much for being on here with me and, and you know being along for the ride. So any, any last.
1: No, I mean, things. just feel free to reach out to Jeremy if you need help, like I did. He's always there.
0: Beautiful. Well, all right, we'll leave you guys with that. Again, thank you for joining the Jeremy Worden podcast. We're going to keep this up. So stay tuned, subscribe, click the subscribe button, go to social, like, favorite, share, whatever it may be, because you are here early and this is going to be a big thing and you are going to be an early adopter and that's going to be amazing. Uh, We're going to have awesome people on here in the future, just like Blake. So give yourself uh, a round of applause for listening to this right now and excited to have you on here next time again. Thanks, Blake. Uh, Yeah. Thanks. Uh, Awesome, guys. All righty. Likes, thanks for coming.